Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the second edition of Saunders and Redders Talking Cricket. Dan Saunders, a very good evening to you, sir, on this rather wet Thursday night of Armistice Day. Thanks, Dave. Great to be here. Um, yes, lest we forget, 11th to the 11th. And, um, yeah, as you said, looking looking south out the uh, window of Chateau Saundo, as I like to call the humble abode, it looks very miserable. I can, I can imagine how wet it is on the central coast. I can tell you down here on the peninsula, it's quite damp, and I'm not sure if it's moving real quick, and not overly sure how much cricket's going to be played this weekend, but we hope, pray and hope. Just before we go Today was the 103rd anniversary of the signing of the Treaty of Versailles, of the Treaty of Versailles, which is the end of the First World War. 55,000 Australians lost their life in that war. A couple of hundred thousand were very, very seriously injured. Just on behalf of Dan and myself, just want to say thank you to all the diggers past and present. Um, today's a very sorrow, sorrowful and a day of remembrance. It's called Remembrance or Armistice Day. But uh, we want to thank all of the diggers for the sacrifices they've made to give us the standard of living that we've, we've got. So thank you all very, very much. And we hope, both of us hope that you've had uh, as, as, as an okay day as possible on today's a very sol- solemn day of remembrance. Dan, some extraordinary... There's a good segue. Armistice Day to cricket. But anyway, I had to say what I had to say. Some extraordinary results in uh, suburban and districts cricket at Division 1. What we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen, um, Dan and I have got an extended potty tonight. Um, Dan Proudman is a bit caught away with work tonight, so Dan's agreed to talk a bit of NDCA cricket with me at the end of uh, our Suburban and Districts potty. We're going to talk Suburban Districts um, first grade first, then Dan's going to go through uh, a couple of excellent performances in the lower grades. Unfortunately, one of them was against my mob Stockton, but that's the way it goes, and then we'll talk a little bit of NDCA. Dan, the first game for review in the Suburban and Districts Division 1 was Wall's End against Nelson Bay. We thought that this would be a good game of cricket. It wasn't a bad game at all. Nelson Bay all out for 123 um, off 34.3 overs and Wall's End 5 for 124. So relatively comfortable winners. However, there would have been a few tremors uh, when they lost uh, They lost 5 for 18 Wall's End. There were none for 76, 5 for 94. And then they stabilised with Muhammad Umar getting them home with 22 not. I see that Matt Palmer made 42 not out, 47 not out in Nelson Bay's innings. But Dan, Nelson Bay, another a good performance from Wall's End. And uh, yeah, over to you, Nelson Bay and Wall's End, Dan. Yeah, look, um, that game hosted there by Wall's End at Chesman Park. Yeah, Chesman Park, traditionally quite a slow... It's a, it's, a, it's a battle to score big totals there. The outfield can be quite slow and the wicket's generally pretty low, especially at one end, so... Nelson Bay batting first on that scoring 123 is actually not a bad total. Yep. 123 at Chesman Park, especially this time of year, is I, I'd, I'd akin it to 160, 170 on most grounds. Um, bowled out for 123 and 35 overs. Matty Palmer, he's been a, a mainstay of that Nelson Bay side um, throughout um, the last decade. He's 47 not out. Uh, the backbone of that innings, Bryce Corsley with 22 off 26. Um, he's a strong hitter of the ball. Um Good bowling performance for Hamid Umar, who had a really good all-round game, 3 for 17 mm-hmm. from 8. But as we mentioned last week, the, the Walls End team, they take a very cavalier approach to one-day cricket. Um, they'll win a lot of games inside short overs. They'll drop games by losing games in uh, losing too many wickets too early. But as you said, a 76-run open partnership with Vikram Sharma, who's got 42 of 29 deliveries, 5 fours. And one six and Rowan Moffle, very steady hand with thirty two. Rowan played in the um Suburban District's John Bull Shield side yep. last year. Um, but from that no wicket for seventy six, all of a sudden 
five for ninety four. Tremors, yeah, certainly, but then they've steered the ship thirty run partnership for the six wicket. Um, some good performances there again. Uh, Vikram Sharma and Muhammad Umar. And Matt Hardman, four for twelve from six overs for Nelson Bay. So some great bowling there to keep Nelson Bay within fighting distance in that game, but 123, although tough on Jesmond Park, wasn't going to be enough to, to beat that Walls End team at this, this time of the season. Very well done to Walls End there, and, and what was actually ended up being a pretty good game of cricket. The local derby was next, and I don't think anybody tipped that the result would be as one-sided as it was. The Merriweather Cricket Club played their club um, rivals, the Mary Ellen Mudrats, and of course, as Dan explained last week, the Mudrats are the running premiers in suburban districts, the suburban district's first division. Merriweather made a very competitive 170 for six compulsory closure after 40 overs. And then they've gone out and resold the premiers for 73. Dan Saunders, what a performance there. A wicket share bit, Lavender and Pry taking three each, a couple of runouts, but winning by almost 100. I don't think any of us tipped that the result would be this one-sided Saunders. No, look, I, I was following a number of games on Saturday afternoon through the live scoring. That's how interesting my weekend was. Um, this was a game I, of course, had very um, special interest in. And Merriweather won the toss, batted... Sorry, Merriweather won the toss, sent Merriweather in. They had them two for three very early. Both openers, uh, Josh Bennett, ripped through the top order there. Um, and, yeah, the writing was on the board the board for Merriweather, but um, 6 for 170, they, they just always find a way to bat their 40 overs, Merriweather, and it's a, it's a common thing to hear me talk about in, in these, when we chat about these one-day fixes, batting time, batting your overs out is so important. Um, just having a look here, Tim Hodges was 61 from 92 balls, really stabilising. Yeah. Now, Luke Studley coming down from uh, veterans cricket, um, Merriweather got a number of players unavailable due to the current vaccination uh, rules and requirements. And yep. good on Merriweather for following the rules regarding that and not playing um, unvaccinated uh, individuals. Um, so to the detriment of their club, I guess, have been quite weakened with having some of their first-string players unavailable. Then to get to 170, was that's a massive effort. An 80-run partnership there for the fifth wicket, the game between... Tim Hodges and Luke Stooley really was the foundation for having that target. And that, that is a good good total on Connolly Park. can be quite quick the outfield there. And depending where the wicket is, one side can be quite a short boundary hitting towards the Pat Jordan side. Yep. Or I guess it'll be the western side of the ground. Um, yeah, Josh Bennett, I said, ripped through the top order to three for 30 from his eight overs. And the Mudrats... Um, not sure what's happened there. Brendan Frost, a lone hand of 31 from 73. But, yeah, not being at the game, it's hard to judge, you know, what, what the sort of circumstances were, the pressure being applied. But um, hats off to Merriweather. The, the, the local derby looks like it's a cracking affair and that the score ended up so lopsided. As you said, Dave, um, no one would have predicted that. Cam Roxby being run out early, early doors would not have helped after his magnificent one for 14 off eight, if you don't mind, in a 40-over performance. That's exceptional figures, but Roxby's a gun there. He's played a lot of good cricket with the Walls End uh, district side. And, uh, no, that's an outstanding performance from Merriweather. Will not hurt their quotient either. So very well done from Merriweather, and the Mudrats have got to come back uh, this week and fight back hard. The next game that I've got for review is, look, 
I can't explain it anything other than it's utterly bizarre, the score that's happened here. I, I'm astonished with this scoreline. Adamstown played uh, the Westwater Board at Blackley Oval. For those of you that aren't from Newcastle, Blackley Oval is very close to the home of the Newcastle Knights and that other team that play football who we won't mention because they're the paper aeroplanes. Um, then Adamstown Premier Hotel, sorry, my Mariners um, uh, loyalty is coming out there. Adamstown Premier Hotel won the toss and batted and made 37. Uh, it's just beyond... And one of their batsmen, Dixon, made 18. So... The top score was 18, then extras was 7. All out, 37, ladies and gentlemen. I am just bizarre. But then West Waterboard have turned around and got the runs five wickets down. So holy cow, Dan Saunders, that must have been a nice old deck. Must have been a bit of grass on that one like the Gabba was yesterday. <laughs> yeah, look, um, I mean, the Premier Hotel... I'd- in their defence, they only had 10 players available for the game. They did play one short. Um, but, yeah, the, some reports coming back about the wicket at Blackley Oval. Uh, there is plenty of improvement required in that wicket. Um, but the Premier Hotel won the toss and elected it back first. And it'd be bowled out in 14 overs for 37. Um, unfortunately, that can happen. Um, we just hope that's not going to be... A recurring performance by the Premier Hotel. They have come up from Division Two last year, um, with the competition expanding to ten team competitions. I guess the Premier Hotel were the the tenth team to, to make up that that ten team competition. So it's probably unlucky where they would have been at the top of Division Two, um, but they'll get better um, as the season prolongs. Having eleven players on the park, and I guess having all players available. Um, Kai O'Rourke, four for 23 from seven. Looks like he's bowled unchanged from one end. And again, a bit of a concern that in that run chase, you know, maybe the water board have gone out for a whack trying to get the game over as early as possible. Uh, but we're losing five wickets in 10 overs to chase that 38. Um, water board are still undefeated, uh, two from two. because the first two rounds have been competition-wide draws. Simon Dixon, shining light there, taking three for 14, four... Uh, the Premier Hotel, but again, that, that's a, a match until both teams are happy to see the back of. Good, good to see my good my good commentary mate from football, Lucas Holmes, not out there for the Premier Hotel. Uh, Lucas is more more renowned as a as a seam up bowler, but uh, bizarre old day there at Blackley. And as Dan said, perhaps the wicket needs to be a, a little bit of work on that deck. The next game for review is the Newcastle City Adamstown Rosebuds playing Redhead. Um, great to see the name Rosebuds. I, Grew up with Rosebuds being one of the a very famous football name in in in, in Newcastle. Dan, when when I was growing up, that's a long time ago. But go, going back towards KB United and things like that in Newcastle, very famous name. Redhead. Um, sorry, you were going to say. Pounds and shillings, those sort of days. Yeah, yeah. I'm not that old. I was, I was born in '68, so. But uh, no, very, very famous names in, in my in my in my youth. Redhead was sent in um, by Newcastle City Adamstown and made 150 off a very brisk 29 overs. It was a great scoring rate. Um, 150 off 29 overs, and they resold Newcastle City Adamstown for 110. So there's a very good performance from Redhead, winning by 40 runs. And as I said, they scored their runs very quickly. It's interesting, Dan, in doing these reviews with you, any score of 150 in these games early in the season with a bit in the decks has been very competitive. No change here. This is something you mentioned last week. You said around 150, 160 
You said these exact words is a very competitive score. And again, Redhead, 150 in a real hurry. And Rissold, Newcastle City for 110. They'd be very happy with that performance. Yeah, they would be. Redhead, um, again, they were in Division 1 last year. They had 11 of their 20 games washed out last year. So yes. It's a very tough season for Redhead just to get a game of cricket. Um, and their player strength, probably not where they'd hoped for. Uh, they've recruited well for this season. Um, but again... As, as we mentioned last week, Redhead, um, they go about their cricket very similar to the Walls End team. They're not here for a long time. They're here for a good time. They score their runs fast. Um, they scored 150, but again, 11 overs still left in the shed, so to speak. Uh, Matty King, 39 not out. Now, Matt, Matty has uh, been the backbone of that innings. And see, the openers got off to a good start. Mm. With Joey Parsons with 26. Uh, Chris Mitchell batting three, scoring 17. But uh, you see, once the top order... And going from four for 87, all of a sudden was seven for 96. Some late order hitting from Kyle Burrows, 16 off 16, getting to 150. And again, around that 150, you can score 150. You're going to win more games than you'll lose in this. In yeah. This. That last wicket partnerships won the game. The last wicket, ladies and gentlemen, between, uh, uh, now it's not Bretton Burrows. Who was on that batsman? King and uh, Burrows have put on 32, and it's won them the game. game for review is the game that we thought probably was the match of the round over there at the magnificent King Park Complex at Roman Terrace. The West Journeyman made 155 off 34.3 overs after winning the toss and batting. 
And they've turned around and dismissed Port Stephens for 112 and 33.3 overs. A very good game of cricket, but a good solid win to the journeyman. And early doors, they're looking quite solid. But uh, what's that, a 43-run win there in the context of, of, of the scores. That's a very good performance. And again, Dan Saunders, A, didn't bat out 40 overs, but B, make 155. Um, got was a winning score for the journeyman. Over to you, mate. Yeah, look, another game I've watched very closely over the weekend through the live scoring, and, it, and it's tough to get a, a feel for what's happening. But um, early on, the journeyman were in trouble. Dion Sandos and Chris Diver, both dismissed by Brock Hawley. Cheap. They were two for 11 early, and early signs of the Pythons could um, really skittle the journeyman. But Cameron Wells, the backbone of that innings, with 53 from 55 deliveries. Um, wasn't until Paul Gauchy, 25 from 32, and Sammy Vashaw coming in, uh, whacking a quick 29. The journeyman, um, very, very consistent team. But if you look at the innings, they they were two for 11 early. They then put on a 50-run partnership for the third wicket. But then they've lost three for none. They've gone from being four for 78, sorry, five for 70, it's not a lie, four for 115 to be seven for 115. And another 40-run partnership before losing another three wickets for one run. So when, when they've lost wickets, they've lost them in clumps. Yes. They certainly do know how to bat in partnerships to journeyman, and that really shone through on the weekend. That 155 on King Park 5 is a really good effort. And again, we said we get to that 150 mark, you've really got a, a big chance of defending that total. Now, the journeymen have a great bowling lineup. Should probably just touch on the figures there for the Pythons. Butler taking three for 11 at the end of the innings, cleaning up the tail. Uh, Jared Moxie busting out some of his seamers there. It was quite expensive. Um, the three for 58 from eight. Brock Hawley did the damage early on. Uh, great figures there, eight overs. Two for 21 with three maidens. Uh, 155, the Pythons' top order, especially the Moxie boys, needed to fire to be a chance of... Uh, raking in that total. Unfortunately for them, the journeyman turned up to play. I mean, Sammy Vashaw, five over, three maidens, two for three. And uh, those two wickets, he's knocked over both openers cheap. Um, where the journeyman were two for 11 early, the Pythons were two for 11 as well. Um, both Moxies dismissed, uh, 10 and 14 respectively, at four for 35. The game, you know, it was over. Uh, Late Neville were 32, and Josh Doyle, 24 in the middle order. Uh, they put on a 46-run partnership, but just not enough. The, the journeymen are very experienced uh, team of cricketers. They play as a team, and again, they bat in partnerships. And like the Merriweather game, they, they just have a tendency to be able to get themselves out of trouble um, pretty much at any point of their innings. Very, very good. Yeah, that's that's an excellent performance. We thought we again going back to it, talking going back to last week. They thought that'd be a pretty decent game of cricket. Dan, before we have a, br- a brief look at uh, games, this, the scheduled game this weekend, if they actually take place, you've got some highlights in lower grades. You uh, mentioned last week that you'd like to talk about some uh, excellent performances. Over to you, my friend. Yeah, three things I'd like to mention. Though. First of all, just while we're on the Pythons, um, their captain Josh Moxie. Just like to congratulate him and his partner Belinda. They welcome the safe arrival of a baby boy on Tuesday afternoon. Fantastic uh, news. Grant Moxie. Um, so congratulations to Josh and Belinda and their families. Um, another little baby piping in the mix and hopefully uh, down the track in about season 20 of Suburban Districts. Uh, Division 1 
This one might be a bowler. Who knows? <laughs> a couple of performances I wanted to touch on. Uh, we had a century maker or a centurion down in Division 4 uh, for the Edgeworth uh, Cricket Club. Adam Pilkington piled on 104 um, on the weekend. I believe he took four wickets as well. So he's had a pretty handy day out of the office. Uh, that Edgeworth team last year, minor major premiers in, in Division 5. Right. So they've gotten out of the blocks of two big victories in their first two weeks as well. But secondly, in Division 3, it's quite the game was held at the Ballast. I know you're quite familiar with the Ballast there being uh, the, the Stockton... Um, I am. Uh, man that you are. Uh, they played Maryland Fletcher. Now, it was remiss of me, I didn't mention last week, when I was touched on in your uh, district podcast with Prouders. Uh, but Maryland Fletcher actually made the semi-finals of the Dennis Broad T20 competition. Uh, which they're very proud of. And a number of those players are in their Division Three side, um, which I guess highlights, again, how impressive it was they were able to make the semi-finals in an NDCA-laden uh, competition. Uh, but a couple of good performances this game. The one I'd really like to touch on, the Maryland Fletcher, they've batted first, and they've scored uh, 204 for 228. But there was a father-son partnership of 115 between John Hole, their skipper, and his son, Josh Hole. Uh, Josh scored 71 not out. was the backbone of that innings. And the, uh, the wily old veteran, Johnny Hole, was 46. But 115-run partnership between father and son. I thought that was really worth um, making note of. I mean, in, in this social cricket, it's one of the, the great things about one-day social cricket where... You know, Dads and their kids and now fathers and their daughters can have a game of cricket together on a Saturday afternoon. And um, those boys would have really enjoyed that. A real tight-knit, family-orientated club, the Maryland Fletcher Cricket Club. Um, unfortunately for them, that 4 for 228 wasn't enough. Stockton um, peeling up 8 for 232 in reply in 30 overs, 5 overs up their sleeve. And Maddie Sinclair, Blake, I played a bit of cricket with back in the day at Stockton. Um, Looks like they've unwrapped him, was he cryogenically frozen? And <laughs> Very good, what do you mean? And I'm tipping that was probably in about 50 balls, the stats aren't there, but I'm tipping he didn't go on a run of ball, it was certainly a lot quicker. But um, yeah, I'd like to go through the lower grades and just check out any performances that jump out, and it's something we'll do consistently uh, throughout the season, Dave, but well done to the whole boys, uh, John and Josh, and yeah, unfortunately didn't get the chocolates, but... I'm sure, um, yeah, bragging rights in the household there go to young Joshua this week. But, yeah, 115-run partnership with, with a young bloke. I can imagine what a great feeling that would be. It would be fantastic. Just briefly, before we have a bit of a quick look at the NDCA first grade, uh, this week's game's on, it's scheduled for this Saturday. Hopefully they get on, but the chances are that there'll probably be some games affected by weather. Port Stephens hosts Newcastle City Adams down Rosebuds at King Park 5. The West Journeyman play. It's the local derby, West v West. The Journeyman and the Waterboard play at Jesman Park. Both of them last start winners. Merriweather host Walls End. There's a big game at Connolly Park. Nelson Bay host Redhead at Salamander Bay this time at Salamander Number 1. And near name is Adamstown Premier Hotel play Mariel, the Maryland Mudrats with the Mudrats looking to bounce back after getting shellacked last weekend. That game's at Adamstown Park too. Look, there's some big games there. The highlight for me, there's two big highlights there, is the West Derbies. No, sorry, is the West's Derby and Walls End, who've been uh, very good over the last uh, in their first two rounds, uh, make the short trip across to play Merriweather at Connolly Park. Uh, Merriweather coming off a very convincing performance. Both of those games, those middle games in the that are listed in the draw, Dan, could be cracking games of cricket. 
Yeah, well, if we first touch on the, the, the derby between the West Stadium and the West Waterball, both teams are undefeated. I know it's, it's only after four rounds, but um, both winning their, their two games this year. The game's at Jerfman Park, the spiritual home of the waterboard. So it's great that they'll be getting back on there for a game of cricket. They're actually sharing that as a home ground with the journeyman um, and the walls end throughout this season. Um, look, that, that will be a great game. I tip that the journeyman will probably have their number, but... It's, it's Division 1 and anything's possible. And if this weather, if cricket does go ahead, um, the toss could decide a lot of games and be a good toss to, to win on Saturday for, for all teams. But yeah, that'll be a great game between the journeyman and Waterboard. Merriweather and Walls End, they had a couple of really good clashes last year. Um, again, Walls End style for one-day cricket is, as it should be. It's fast, it's furious, they get on with the game. And uh, with Merriweather weekend still... The, for the next few weeks. Uh, that was really big for them to get that win over the Mudrats. Uh, Merriweather were defeated by the waterboard in the first game of the season. They can ill afford to, to drop too many games at this early part of the season. Um, but yeah, Merriweather Walls and Connolly Park be a great game. It'd be very interesting also to see how Rosebuds bounce back against the Pythons. Uh, Pythons hosting a game up there at King Park. I'm not sure if Josh Moxie will be available with the birth of his um, son. So that could be uh, something for Rosebuds there if, if the Pythons are, are down one of their main troops. Uh, the Nelson Bay game being moved from Don Waring to Salamander over one. Don Waring was unavailable to be used for cricket this weekend. Um, Seems to be notified. Uh, that, that was a question I had is why that wouldn't be played at Don Waring. All right, look, there's some great games. Good review there and, and, and preview. And uh, hopefully there's some cricket being played. But certainly that West Derby is the highlight is the highlight reel, certainly in that round. That should be a cracking game. And I agree with you. I think the journeymen are looking good for the top four and uh, even the top two. I think they might even get towards the grand final. Uh, but it'd be very interesting to see how they go against Waterboard at Jesmond. Uh, on what will no doubt that'll be probably a game 130 plays 110 if that out feels like it is especially with this weather. Um, just briefly on NCA first grade Dan, um, just running through the results, the West Machine kept on going nine for two, and this is the difference um, maybe in the maybe in the standard of the wickets or, or whatever. But if you have a listen to some of these scores, there's some very large scores in what are 40 over games. West 9 for 254 defeated Walls End 204 on what must have been an absolute belter at George Farley Oval. Charlestown 1 for 135, uh, belted Belmont 9 for 134 and got a bonus point out of that as well. Cardiff 8 for 147, pretty sandly beaten by Hamilton Wickham 2 for 148. Merriweather, calmly on. Edgy, there's some names that haven't been there much before. Moore and Geary, both Reddings, 4 for 172 over Waratah Mayfield, 171. Uh, University 165 defeated by Newcastle City 180 and Stockton defeated Toronto 8 for 216 to 9 for 178 on a, on a pretty good deck at Lynn Oval um, some, the regular names certainly coming through there Joey Price 59 and 2 for, for Wests uh, James King 36 Aaron Bill 36 very consistent batting performance Ryan Brooks 62 that's a pretty that what a game that is what's that 456 runs in 80 overs it's Nice old deck there at George Farley. It's not a big ground, and once you get going there, it's quite easy to score runs quickly, Dan. Yeah, look, I think it's the perfect size ground, especially for short-form cricket. Um, I guess some people would remember the old Walls End 10 overcomp back in the day, and, and a lot of runs used yeah. to score. A lot of balls used to also get destroyed in the creek. creek. 
<laughs> um, going down the side of the ground. But, yeah, look, again, another game I had a keen eye on over the weekend, uh, West last year's Premiers, and the usual suspects there, piling on the runs, Joey Price, 59, and that was better than a runner ball. Uh, Zach McGuigan, the signing from Merriweather, opened the batting and the bowling, I believe. Um, scored a few runs of 14 and one wicket early on. Uh, Aaron Wibble, as you said, touched on 36. Also the skipper, James King, 36. Um, look, 254 and 40 overs is always going to be a tough run chase. But Wall's End, um, 204, certainly not disgraced. No. Uh, 52 to Ryan Brooks there in the middle order. Nathan Price got off to a flyer with 18. And uh, Cooper Lennox, I believe, of 20. But if yeah, someone needed to go big, 62 a great t- total there. But coming in at seven, someone in the top order like, really needed to bat through that innings to give that total a, a realistic chance of being knocked off. Charlestown destroyed Belmont, one for 135. Daniel Arms went berserk, 96 not. Dan Chillingworth, 30. And Belmont made 134 off their off their overs, actually. 40 overs, 9 for 134, compulsory closure. Lukey Muddle, 30. Adam Winchester back at his junior club, 3 for 32. Jake, and uh, Jake Richardson, 2 for 28. Good, solid performance there. Great. There's interesting, some of the ones I'm going to mention, there's quite a few of the representative cricketers around the place have really put their hand up this weekend already. Um in particular, Arms there, uh, who's a serious talent play for New South Wales country earlier this year, Dan, in Canberra in the tournament. On to Cardiff and, um, and Hamilton Wickham. Cardiff made 147 off 40 overs. Jack Hardigan, who bowls, he's the only bowler in history who puts less on a cricket ball than I do. He bowls right-arm nude balls around the wicket, three for 25. Uh, I couldn't believe that when I saw it. I'll never hear near the end of it, Jackie boy. Ben Balcom, who's the Newcastle keeper, 70 not out. Uh, for Hamilton Wickham, that's a very solid, and that's in fact, it's a thumping win at Pasterfield Sports Complex. Interesting game here, Waratah and Merriweather. Waratah batted first, 171 all out, and Merriweather got them relatively comfortably. More Simon Moore, 40, Josh Geary, 38, both readings. Tom McDevitt, who's moved up from the Illawarra, came up last season, 35. Um, some names there. There's a very famous Merriweather name in that scorecard, Daniel Saunders, Stanbridge. And there, um, there was an article in the Newcastle Herald that I that you, you would have seen today. It was kindly published by the West's uh, Career Club today on their Facebook page. Zach Brambridge, who bowls left arm, seen up, and he's not slow. He actually lets him go, and he took three for Sam Holding, who likes to think he's an all-rounder, but he's a number 11 at best, two for 40. And the old man, Dave Sellup, bowling Loopy Lee, he's four for 17 um, at Townsend Oval. It's great to see cricket being played back there at what is a very famous Newcastle sporting venue, Dan Dan Saunders at Townsend Oval. It's, um, gee, it has a lot of different sports on a, a cycling league, Union and cricket. Yeah, certainly multi-purpose towns and oval. I uh, actually played Masters there last week. Uh, come off second best, but it was uh, great to be back on a, a first-grade district ground after a long time. But, yeah, look, Merriweather, they just keep on keeping on. And as you said, the Stanbridge name synonymous with Merriweather. That was a great article by Robert Dillon in today's Herald. Um, uh, Luke Hitchcock, a, a signing in the off-season from Charlestown. Opening the batting there for Merriweather. Good young cricketer. Had a bit to do with him over the years uh, through Katara. Uh, Dave Sellup, who I grew up with. Dave Sellup, just, you know, he's like a fine bottle of red. Just keeps getting better with age. Four wickets. Um, and puts some impressive fizz on the ball as well. And, yeah, Josh Geary, the, the skipper this season, with 38 not out. And, I mean, Simon Moore. You run out of superlatives of how to describe Simon Moore as a cricketer. Um, but when his team needed him, most. I mean, they've put on an 80-run partnership there, so at 4 for 83, I guess the game's in the balance, but you know, with those two experienced campaigners at the wicket, 
I guess in the end, the game was never in doubt. But, you know, it's, it's, um, cricket's a funny game. It's a funny game. Newcastle City, 180, defeated Uni, 165. A lot of representative cricketers stood up here. Angus McTaggart, 57 and 2 for 25. He is a very, very talented young man, Angus McTaggart. I think he'll only have one or two more years up here and then head on down to Northern Districts. Seriously talented batsman and bowler. Superb fieldsman and just the biggest thing with um his nickname is Gwedad, but with Angus is the difference in going from making fifty seven to making a hundred when he finally figures that out. God help us all because that guy's got unlimited potential. Eli Smith forty, he's in the Newcastle Colts training squad. Two very interesting bowling names there for Uni. Josh Bennett, who's played for New South Wales Country. In fact, he won uh, the New South Wales Country Play of the Year tournament many years ago in Bundaberg, where Bundaberg when New South Wales won it. He was one of the only quicks left five for twenty. And I had a good chat on the farm yesterday with Tom O'Neill, who's a farmer up there at Tamworth, who's gone over to uni. He took two for 38. He said Bennett really bowled quite sharp. And he said he was rapid. And he's in the Newcastle squad. And I would think is a very good show of getting in the mix for the New South Wales countryside. He said, that's a good player he is. And Union reply, Simon Norville, who was opening bat from Tamworth, and absolutely wax him. He just, he's one of the clean... You're talking about clean hairs earlier. Norville absolutely belts him. Uh, Mitchell Lowell, 32. Angus Matakit, 2 for Lewis Hextall, another guy that's played representative cricket for Newcastle Colts, 2 for 26. That's a good win from City because that's a very talented uni side. Andrew Harriet not playing last week, um, wasn't available. But that's a good win for City, uh, Dan. And uh, as I said, McTaggart turning it on with bat and ball. And a quiet day from Aidan Cahill, who's one of the Jets of that side. But a good win from City there. They'll be very pleased with beating uni first up. Like it went down to the wire. They've won by 15 runs. Um, both teams all but batting their overs. Um, and some, yeah, some great efforts very early on. As you said, uh, Bennett with 5 for 20 from 8 overs. Tore the uh, middle order apart. Um, and they're going at 5 for 157, all out for 180. So that's, that's a huge effort. And yeah, yeah, in reply, I'm really interested to uh, have to get to see uh, Mr. Norville. That at some stage this season, 60 from 65 in two hours, five four two sixes. If he hits them as well as you say he does, that sounds like um, a day of Bernie Curran ovals on the cards. Oh, absolutely. Oh, he hits it so clean. And you, you can sit there and bowl whenever to him. He, he, once he gets his eye on, he's almost unstoppable. He's the uh, he His own worst enemy is himself playing one too many shots. But seriously, good player. And then the final game that uh, I was on the scorebook for, uh, they're Stockton Northern Districts, 216 off their 40 overs, 50s to Jeff Gideon and the New South Wales country captain, who you had on sport. We've got to talk about it. Let's go and talk about your show, please. Let's have a quick adjunct. How did uh, your interview with Fozzie go on? Uh, and Tell us about your show on, on Port Stevens FM, please, big fella. Um, yeah, look, I had a great chat with Nick on Tuesday night, Sport Stevens. It's um, a weekly sporting program catering for the Port Stevens region, 6 till 7 Tuesday nights on 100.9 FM. Um, but again, Nick, very unassuming. He's, he's very club-focused. He's very team-focused, which is what you want in a leader. Um, he won't talk himself up, so I'm quite happy too. But he's 52 from 49, the backbone of the Stockton innings. Uh, Jeff Ganinen is 50 on the dot opening up. But, but Nick took four wickets as well. He took three catches, and then he... You know, probably helped an old lady across the road in the drinks break too. He's just such a good, good bloke. Um, but, yeah, look, Stockton, last year's club champions. or won the club championship. Um, certainly off to a flyer, winning in all four grades against Toronto on the weekend. And I dare say the Stockton club will be pretty happy with that 
with that win first up in first grade. Indeed, Andrew Nikolai, very important late runs. Jake Haynes with us all. Nikolai, 32 off 37. Whacked him around a bit. Uh, Finlay Thornton had a pretty good day out. He opened the batting for Toronto. He's been put up the order. One for 28 off his six overs bowling off. He's, he's in the Newcastle Colts training squad. And then he made 46. Um, and before he punched a back foot uh, pull shot straight back to Nick Foster. And it was going like an exorcist hit. Missed on Fossey. Fossey grabbed it like he was pl- plucking corn. It was it was an excellent catch. The, the ball was motoring. Um, just a lot of chip-ins there. Ben Roberts, 28. Uh, Logan Johnson, 15. Just solid runs, but no one was able to go on. No one made 50 for Toronto, and there's the key. Uh, Nick Foster, 4 for 23 of 8. Uh, 50 and 4 for 23 um, for Fozzie. He's got a big season coming up this year. Newcastle Blasters, not far away. Newcastle Zone, not far away. And he'll want to be putting his hand up for the New South Wales to play for New South Wales Country again at the Australian Champs, if that takes place. Sorry? player of the round two, I believe. Indeed, all well, 50 and 4 for. But yeah, look, um, overall, uh, Stockton, uh, uh, speaking from inside, we dropped a couple of catches we shouldn't have. Um, and I thought Toronto played pretty good cricket, actually. I thought young side, they had a real crack. Uh, we got a lot to lot to get better with, to be quite honest with you. Um, and you, we going into this weekend, if cricket's being played, we need to step up because you'll see in a minute why I'm, what I'm talking about. But look, a win's a win first up, and uh, quite happy with the way that ended up for us. But, um, yeah, look, overall, just, just a satisfactory performance. For, and I'm not being rude to Toronto at all. Um, and we'll, we'll have to get better than that in coming weeks, I can assure you. If game... Player losses too, I guess. Uh, Charlton and Chad from Southern Lakes, Toronto. Over the Stockton. Stockton on the weekend. So, I mean... It... Two players very hard to replace in, in, your, in your depth in your first top grade. Two, two representative cricketers, so yeah, absolutely. Um, if cricket gets played this weekend, here's the draw, and you can see where Stockton's got to step up. West host Stockton at Harker Oval. be a cracking game of cricket, actually. City host Walls in at Learmont, those two. That'll be another cracking game of cricket. Toronto host Uni for their, their first game out at J.R. Ron Hill. Belmont host Merriweather at Carl Oval. Hamilton Wickham host Charlestown at Passmore. Both last start winners. There's a good game of cricket. And Waratah hosts Cardiff at Waratah Oval. Uh, the two big games, or after, I suppose there's three massive games here, Western Stocko, Newcastle City and Wallsend, and Hamilton uh, Hamilton Wickham playing Charlestown, all big games. I'm very concerned about the weather, Dan. I'm, I'm not in Newcastle, but my I know there's a lot of training and a lot of cricket's being called off uh, today, and I'm not overly hopeful of too much cricket being played. Is, is that fair or is that being a bit negative? No, look, that's a fair comment. I mean, all Masters, women's, I think even a couple of 16s games that were scheduled for last night were all washed out. It bucketed down on and off all day today, just looking at the floor. It's supposed to bucket down all night tonight. Uh, Round lunchtime tomorrow, the sun's expected to come out, 27 degrees. Um, But, yeah, there's a bit of wind. There's a lot of um, elements of play. If games get on on Saturday, I think the conditions are going to be very conducive to uh, low-scoring games of cricket, um, heavy outfields, um, slower wickets, um, even delayed starts possibly, um, and being one-day games as well. It could be some interesting results. I guess the teams who may be less favoured, um, a good chance to maybe steal a game, steal a win that they may not think... Well, popularity might say they may not be... Favourites to win at this time of year. Please be correct, saying. 
That's a, quite, quite not bad from you, big fella. Mate, thank you so much for your time tonight. I appreciate you uh, stepping in and helping out, helping out with the, the uh, district stuff as well. It's been great talking suburban and district cricket. Um, good luck, Australia, later on tonight. Um, I didn't think they'd make the semis. I thought they were playing quite ordinary cricket, and all of a sudden they found a way. And I might add that Australia's got a wonderful pace bowling attack. Stark, Hazelwood and Cummins. Um, and I was a bit surprised last night. I didn't think that Kiwis had beat the Poms, but they did. They did it quite well. Um, I still think Pakistan are slight favourites, and I think Pakistan's a very, very dangerous T20 side. But that, that best of luck to our, our wonderful Australia, and I hope they can get through to the final. Yeah, plan on staying up to watch it. Um, what's that Kiwi blitzkrieg there today? I'm not, I'm not high on it. One over for 23 from Jordan cost him any bowl. Everything was the wrong length. Dan, thanks so much for your time. Look forward to catching with you very shortly, my friend. Good luck this weekend. And again, give us just a quick quick plug for the show. Time, name of the show, and the FM dial for people to tune in on, please. It's Port Stevens. It's on Port Stevens FM, 100.9, 6 till 7 every Tuesday night. Uh, This Tuesday night, I actually have Josh Moxie from the Port Stevens Pythons lined up as a guest. Um, So we'll be talking all things cricket, um, the Port Stevens region. So we'll definitely be touching on suburban districts. Uh, likewise, had Nick on this week. We touched on the NDCA. Um, but yeah, any any anyone who's listening in who's got any involvement in the Port Stevens region, doesn't matter what the sport is. I'll talk marbles. Doesn't really matter. It's just all about promoting um, you know, associations, getting registrations up, you know, raising funds, whatever it is for clubs to help them be self-sufficient. Um, it's just an extra. Um, um, that can offer to help support that. And sorry, thank you for that. So what, make sure you get listening each week. It is an excellent show. Uh, Dan, it's remiss of me. You're in commentary on Sunday if cricket goes ahead. The Simon Moore Cup finals day is being held at the Pastorville Sports Complex at Cameron Park, live streaming. And Dan, I'll be leading commentary on Sunday. Let's just hope that the young blokes get some cricket on at Pastorville. Um, again, I'm not overly confident, but let's let's all hope that there's some cricket played on Sunday. Yeah, look, really looking forward to... Um Sunday, it's a shame you won't be there, Dave. Um, I'm hoping you do say line me up a couple of uh, cameo guests to help uh, help you through the day. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what the drain is. I'm not sure what past the field's like as far as for wet weather. Uh, it's very flat. Um, I know it's, it is on a rise out there. Um, but you know, the, the SG Moore Cup, of course, they've got the great Simon Moore. Um, you know, they're, the, they're the future of the NDCA, they're the future of cricket in Newcastle, he's under 16s. I'm really looking forward to getting out and, and seeing them, you know, literally every ball of every game, the two semis and the final on the weekend. So I believe um, Cardiff Bullaroo are uh, playing in the first game. They're, they're the host and they, they're the top seed, so that they've earned rights to host, which will be a big day. And of course, the Simon Will Cup... And the Simon Moore Cup is used as uh, some as a as a precursor to the Bradman Cup, and, mo- and that's deliberately why they've moved the competition now to give Mark Littlewood and his and his, and his uh, the selectors a, a good look at players under pressure before the Bradman Cup. And of course, the Bradman Cup um, is being played in the um, the Newcastle side. They all play everybody this year for the first time. Seven games. There's three. In, there's three in Saltell, and then Late Macquarie is hosting the rest of the Bradman Cup in early January. Which will be fantastic for our local region. Dan, just quickly, those games that you've have you got the games up? Go go yeah, for it. Do. So at nine o'clock, Cardiff Fullaroo will be hosting Newcastle City, and then at midday, Wests will be playing.
playing Charlestown. So all games at Pastor Field Sports Complex. The winner of those two semi-finals will meet in the final, uh, scheduled to go ahead at 3pm, uh, pending how those games go the full distance or weather or whatnot. But, yeah, look, fingers crossed that whatever rain we get is, is very uh, limited and then we get the sun out, we get plenty of wind and give the curator as much opportunity to, to get as much cricket on on Sunday. I dare say there would have to be a spare weekend available. Um, he's hoping. He's hoping. Um, but I'm sure those... On behalf of Dan Saunders, this is David Redden. It's been our pleasure of bringing you Saundo and Redders Talking Cricket for our second ever show. Dan, thank you so much. We'll catch up with you next week, my friend. Will do, Dave. Pleasure. Thank you. Take care, everyone. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.